0: Thank you for listening to episode 358 of 60MW. and Season one, game five. Halfway. Of our 60 Minutes Into series of shows. Yeah, halfway. Holy shit. I'm Dave and joining me as always, sat across from me as always. This time wearing nothing but leather cowboy chaps (coughs) and a Stetson. (laughs) It's the man himself. It's Ramrod. I wanted to tell you. You have the biggest dick I've ever seen. <laughs> Fuck. I know what movie that's from. That was the wrong one.
1: I <laughs> it's asked, not.
0: I asked AI, I asked AI, I wanted a quote to say, you are the biggest dick. <laughs> no,
1: you want to suck my big dick, is what it should say.
0: You should know what movie that's from, mate.
1: Can we, that's Showdown Little Tokyo. It certainly is. <laughs> Such a nerd for dick things. That's <laughs> Speaking of uh, a dickin. last time we played, that's what you got. Because oh. as um, anybody that follows me on Instagram saw, um, and apologies for not being more twittery, but I like to pop my pictures up on Instagram yeah. with the films I'm watching. You do. And in the background, for the last 65,000 weeks of January, has been a little trophy. Oh.
2: Oh,
1: and tonight yeah. I've brought it back... To the podcast studios, because it's game. Didn't you say it's episode 358? It is, yeah. Which is my lucky number. Oh! How about that?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, last, last time it was a close one, mate. It was, it was like you got an extra time winner. And yeah. it was the lowest scoring episode that we've had so far. It was a 5-4 win. Yeah,
1: which was shocking, considering what we watched was absolute nonsense and should have been dead predictable. <laughs> But it was anything but
0: predictable. We couldn't guess a fucking thing about it, could no, we?
1: No, But I'll never forget any of it. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the title,
0: which we had to look up before we started. We did. We had, <laughs> to, we had to remind ourselves, what was it called? The fuck
1: was that film again? Oh, my God. About the priest and that So, sort of? well, Anyway, listen, everybody who's out there, we hope you're enjoying this series. Mm-hmm. We do hope that you have maybe had a watch of some of these films. Yeah. Let us know if you've had a look at any of these really obscure classics, these legendary action movies, um, it'd be nice to hear that we're not the only ones in the world that's seen a film like Champagne and Bullets. Oh, my
0: God. I mean, that is the gold standard of what we've watched up to now, I think. Don't you?
1: I'm friends with him on Facebook.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Friends
1: with him. I mean, one minute I'm watching him suck a woman's dick, next minute he's accepting my friend request.
0: The joys of the world we live in.
1: Next minute, I'll be at his house in a pool.
0: You'll be in. You'll be in the sequel.
1: There'll be me, John, Vince McMahon, (laughs) all having a great time. (laughs) No, not Vince McMahon.
0: He's not welcome. No, No, no. Just stick to you, mate.
1: Yeah, all right then. Yeah. So we've got a new movie.
0: Which we don't know. because No idea. Again, it's, you know, the pressure's on Tina. We say this every episode, pressure is on Tina again. Yes. For, is is this going to be for the fifth time in a row now she's going to pick a really good one?
1: Well, I hope so, because this, um, I'll give a quick shout out to a friend of mine, Phil, mm-hmm. who gave the recommendation for this one. Yeah. So, and I do trust that guy to deliver the goods, because he's a fucking nerd like us. So, Phil, if it's no good, it's your fault. We but I don't doubt him at you
0: all. find out. I, I can as wait. well. You did mention your uh, Instagram, mate, for anybody that doesn't know. If you go to the uh, Meet the Team page on the website, you'll get Ramrod's Instagram. All the social media links and shit are all on there. So you can follow him on there, which I do recommend that you do. I should also say, mate, um, just in case, because I feel like I'm sounding a little husky. Oh, you are? He's quite man. sexy. I should do some ASMR again. Yes. Um, because the last time we recorded, mate, I was drinking Vimto because I was on antibiotics. That was oh. that was just before Christmas. And this, I'm not on antibiotic. And we're sat here. You've got a beer currently. I've got a glass okay. of wine. So, you know, we're back on the booze, which is good, which is needed for these films. Very much. Um, but, yeah, fuck me if I'm not. Fucking <laughs> poorly again. Are you alright? Yeah, I'm, I'm better than I was a few days a few ga- days ago, mate. We couldn't have recorded this. What's my way here? Oh, it's the joys of working in education and students snotting, coughing, sneezing all over you. And then it's like, you know, there you go. Oh, You're ill now.
1: So you've got man flu.
0: I've got man flu. Right, okay. Can we
1: start that GoFundMe, everybody? Yeah. Um, We'll put a link up, and then if you'd like to contribute some money for Dave to buy some fucking Beechums. (laughs) Beechums? So he doesn't die.
0: Old school, mate.
1: (laughs) And then maybe we can, like, take him out for, like, a day at the zoo before he dies.
0: Yeah, just take me (laughs) in a
1: wheelchair. (laughs) To see the gorillas. Oh, they haven't got any fucking gorillas. What have they got? (laughs) Prairie
0: dogs, yeah. There you go. I look at them and then just, you know,
1: oh, look, a prairie dog. And I'm like, isn't that lovely, Dave? Look at the clouds, Dave.
0: You'll be there soon.
1: Just put my hand over his nose and his (laughs) mouth and finish him off. (laughs) Take the fucking trophy
0: and go home. That's it. Who is going to take the trophy home tonight, mate? We will find out. (laughs) 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 That was a bit too quick. No, I can't wait to see what goods we've got. Me too, me too, mate. Let's get in. Let's get downstairs and have a look, and we will uh, leave the listeners with this little bit of audio joy, whatever it may be. America's most controversial author, Norman Mailer, brings his best-selling novel to the screen. I just received the uh, comment cards from the first screening of my new film, Tough Guys Don't Dance. Bold, innovative, wonderful. Stinks. Why are we talking about
1: that? We can't let it hang out here, where else
0: can we? A movie not to miss. Giant death orgy with lots of maniacs. Oh man, oh God, oh man. Something rotten has happened. One of the best and most original films I've ever seen. It was brilliant. One of the worst ever. My grandmother could do better. I agree. You agree on what? Excellent crazy entertainment, very funny. (laughs) gross sleazy garbage It was no small job quick turns of plot enjoyed having to think whoever wrote this has never read a good book you think it's simple well here go ahead you pull the
2: trigger he's being set up set up for what murder one look at me and see a crude man I look at you and
0: see a sitting duck. That guy is no chief of police. I want to see you die. I want to make you crazy. Don't ask me how I know. My husband, he's having an affair with your wife. Both sides of my nature are obliged to express themselves. The Enforcer and the Maniac. And who do we have the honor of addressing?
2: You never met
0: the Maniac. Ryan O'Neill. Isabella Rossellini. Wings Hauser. The devil made this picture. In Norman Mailer's Tough Guys Don't Dance. And we're back. We're, we're back. Are we back after what we've just seen? We don't, we don't know if we're back. We don't know what's happened. We don't know what we've just seen. Actually, all we know is we're now 60 minutes into the 1987 film Tough Guys Don't Dance. Which, of course, you know, as is one of the remits of the show, neither of us have ever seen before. Nope,
1: never even heard of the fucker.
0: And once again, I need to say, I am so glad that you lead these shows, mate. (laughs) (laughs) This, coming coming up to the studio
1: to record this, uh, we've said several times, this is going to be the hardest episode, not only to discuss and get everything in that we've just seen, but also
0: to score because... This is not what we usually it's not. watch, but but I mean I mean this is a case. It is once again another of those. Hey yo, what the fuck? Kind okay, of <laughs> the movies, but for a completely different reason.
1: This is. Um, I'll, I'll shout out my mate Phil again. Um, cheers, mate, for this.
0: <laughs> yes, I forgot that, that it was <laughs> Phil that picked this one. Once he knew, you know, because he, he knew the format of the show, etc. Because you'd explained it to him. So we threw this one. We went. Well, neither of us have seen it. Never seen
1: it. And how the fuck, right? This has slipped by us. This I don't
0: know. Tina quality controlled it. Yeah, passed it on. She did that, and she said, "Right, here we go." It's funny. It's funny. It's, I mean, let's get out there. It is so different to the previous four movies that we've had in this series of shows.
1: To, you know, and we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves as we do stupid action movies. Yeah, exactly. This is more like a film noir. Well, it likes to think it's a film yes. noir, but it's a more of a film. What the fuck? <laughs> um, this was the first thing we saw is Canon Pictures. This is a Canon film. Now, we've seen that Electric Boogaloo, is it? The documentary about Canon films. Um, Golan Globus are the producers. Thank you. Um, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Invasion USA. You knew what you were getting. So many. You were getting high concept, stupid budgeted crap. But what crap? It was amazing.
0: Both big fans of Canon.
1: Love Canon. Huge fans. Some of of my favourite movies of the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This came out in 1987, one of the greatest years in cinema. Yeah. Predator, Lethal Weapon, The Lost Boys. Tough guys don't dance. <laughs> um, Norman Mailer is the name. Now, it's written and directed yep. by Norman, Yeah, based also upon his novel. And as Tina informed us, Pulitzer Prize winner. Yeah. So you expect high-end dialogue. Oh, my God, yeah. Intrigue. Yeah. You know, the long goodbye. Yes. No. It's the long (laughs) what the fuck. (laughs) And it's an hour into what the fuck. And we've got Ryan O'Neill. I mean, one of the biggest stars of his day. Love story. The driver. Paper Moon. Mm. Okay. Lawrence Tyranny turns up. Lawrence Tyranny was um, in Reservoir Dogs. You know, he's a... You're Mr. Pink, Mr. Blonde. <laughs> You've got Wings Hauser, oh, the Master, one of our favourites, uh, just one of the greatest yeah. of all time. Uh, Isabella Rossellini, Blue Velvet, mm-hmm. and um, who else was in it? Um, Clarence Williams the is credited in it, although he's only in it for like thirty seconds, Not and that was Prince, Prince's dad in Purple Rain. Um, <laughs> produced by Francis Ford Coppola. I mean. We're going into some high-end shit here.
0: This is the highest-end shit that we've ever dug into the so far. The highest of ends. Yeah, yeah.
1: So we 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 were going into this thinking, oh, it's going to be like a proper film. It's going to be like good, like with good actors and <laughs> yeah, yeah. good dialogue, and it's like a Pulitzer Prize-winning scriptwriter directing his own book. Hmm? But what happened the last time somebody directed their own book, Dave? Ooh, what? maximum fucking overdrive is what happened. <laughs>
0: We all know what happened. We all with know that. what happened there. Cocaine yeah. and madness. Yes. And
1: we can honestly say the same things fucking happened here. Oh,
0: God. Off screen, oh. maybe. On screen, definitely.
1: Norman, if you're still alive, which we will look up after, if you're still out there, pal, the fuck were you doing, mate? Maybe you should have stuck to writing them little books. Yeah. Because you ain't no Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> but the first thing I've written down is. Oh, and also uh, Angelo Badalamenti score, which I think I got his surname right. He scored all of David Lynch's mm-hmm. movies, bar a few, and beautiful music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, pedigree. Mm. And then the next thing I've written down, and this is a few minutes into the movie, is The Room, which is the closest film I can compare to this. The Room with Tommy Wiseau, the famous worst movie ever made. Yeah. Best worst movie ever made. yeah. So we open with Ryan O'Neill, and he is in his New England beach house. I didn't know New England was by the beach. Shows what I know about America. (laughs) And um, he's got sunken eyes, bruised up, his Mm. hair's a bit ruffled. And the first thing you will notice, and take a drink. Every time in this movie, you see somebody else
0: taking a drink. Oh, mate, i tell you what. I mean, we've, through various shows and everything, had highlighted drinking games this, oh. this, I think, is by far the most dangerous drinking game it's, you can ever partake in—the in.
1: Russian roulette. Or of if, if you games. really do have a
0: drink every time somebody has a drink in this film, or you see somebody with a drink, yeah, I doubt you get twenty minutes in without passing out. Anybody? I think
1: Norman Mailer himself,
0: obviously, is an advocate
1: of alcohol, and he thinks it's normal for everybody to have a drink. Yeah, or not just like a beer or a coffee, hard. Bourbon. This is hard liquor. Turkey yeah. for breakfast.
0: Yeah. It's right. by the side of your bed. It's it's on like it's the, the bathroom. by the sink. It's like yeah. it's everywhere. Showering in it.
1: <laughs> He's literally brushing his teeth with it. He is. It's alcohol yeah. city, this film. <laughs> so Ryan Ryan O'Neill's character, uh Tim? Am I right? Tim Tim, Tim Madden. Now I'm uh, Dave's gonna help me out big time with this because oh this. Oh, information overload! It is. It there's far show. too much because you've got to imagine. You know, one of these film noir twi- t- p- types. Um, I haven't been drinking. Um, <laughs> th- there's a lot of information. There's a lot of characters. Yeah. There's a lot of she did this, he said that, and Ryan O'Neill's character is in the centre of it all, trying to piece the last five days of his life together. He sat there, washed up. Lawrence
0: Tyranny appears in his house, and is it is mate or his dad or... I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? Quite a few times with this, we got a little bit confused because it's it's a non-linear narrative. You're jumping back into between, is it now? Is it the future? Is it the past? What's going on? Who is this? Characters get introduced that you go, who the fuck's that? And it's One prime example, when we got right near the end of the hour suddenly a dog appears that you've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, we've like,
1: now got a, a golden retriever in the film that's it, not been in the
0: film. It, it's, so far, it's a difficult film to follow.
1: It, it's difficult. And you, like, we've had, like, all right, we've had a beer, but we haven't had a drink, drink. Mm. Not like Ryan O'Neill's character's Holy had a shit. drink. Imagine if he had to do this show after the amount he's had to drink in the film. It was blah, blah, the blah. Yeah. Hell, it it just, you, yeah. yeah, it'd just be him, like, moaning or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, we're thrown in, like, and it's five days after some shit has happened to Ryan O'Neill's character. Yeah. And he's explaining it to Lawrence Tyranny. Oh, I've had a bad five days, mate. First thing he says to Lawrence Tyranny, who, as I only ever knew him, as bald. Yeah. Um, where did your hair go, mate? Oh, it went really quick. Oh, <coughs> the cancer. And you're like, all oh, right, So, oh, we've got to establish that really quick. Yeah. That this guy isn't bald normally, but now he is. He's probably normally got
0: like 80s hair metal. Yeah, he's got like <laughs> a mullet or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: But... Do, is that got a plot device? No, no Noth- point that's come from it, yeah. Cancer. All yeah. right, so we've got to deal with that straight off the hook. And then he's basically saying to him, look, I had a bit of a to-do five days ago, and then here we are now in his house post-party, mm-hmm. or is it post the last few years of his life? <laughs> what the fuck's going on? We don't know. He jumps around so much. We don't know. Um, he, so we got... A party that happened. Okay, so we flick back in time. So first, yep. flick back in time to yep. the party. And we've got dudes in dresses. We've got Anthony Kiedis is there from the Chili Peppers. We've got <laughs> a whole, like, eclectic cast of, like, L.A. party types. Yeah, But we're in New England, Massachusetts. So it doesn't really make sense. I don't mm. know what the party scene's like up there, but I thought they just burned witches up there. Yeah, I don't know. I thought they wore big hats <laughs> and burned women. So he's having a party. Ryan O'Neill's chilling. He's just having a drink. First of
0: all, he's like sat above everybody, though, isn't it? Like there's this massive party going on in his house. In his house, and he's sat up high watching it with a bottle. What looks like brandy.
1: He's but he's like he's that moody one at the party, isn't he? I'll be the moody one. So the girls go, "What's the matter with you?" But no, the girls don't come and ask him what's the matter because. Knock, knock, knock on the door. It's Wings fucking Hauser. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and he's dressed like a copper or like some chief of police or something. Yeah. He goes, I'm the chief of police and I'm coming to your party. And he comes in, he sits down next to Ryan O'Neill and he says, were you in Vietnam? And he says, no. Well, you've got that luck as someone was at Vietnam. Oh, I was in jail. Then his wife comes down the stairs, Ryan O'Neill's wife at this mm. point, point, we're introduced to her. The blonde bombshell.
0: Yeah. Playing a trumpet. <laughs> because because every blonde <laughs> bombshell owns a trumpet.
1: Every blonde bombshell I've been with always has a trumpet. Always. If mate. she's at my house. <laughs> but it's just kind of the way that all you hear off screen is, dot, 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 dot. And then Will's Angler just kind of looks behind him like, what the fuck was that? So she comes down the stairs playing a
0: trumpet. Um you can see already it, it's random. It's so random, and we have by this point already, because we did make a note of it, because it comes back to one of the predictions that we make at the, you know, at the end of this section, um, there were naked female breasts seven minutes into the film. Tits. We had tits at seven minutes. So, and Norman Mailer's out there going,
1: what do we need now, boys, some tits? We've got to get them in before ten minutes. Get them in before Wings gets there. And they and, did. Uh, and they actually, did. we did see the tits before we saw the wings. Tits then wings. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had the party... And we uh, find out that his name, as in Wings House's character's name, is oh my God. Alvin Luther Regis. Regency. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it th- I ran out of ink <laughs> at that point because <laughs> I'd written so much down.
0: I, I, and the reason I know that is towards the end of the hour as well, he it, it got the usual sort of police chief name thing on his desk. Oh, well, that's played. when I wrote it down Alvin Luther Regency.
1: So that's some. Bullshit name that, that right really there. is,
0: isn't it? Alvin Luther Regency. <laughs> What's weirder, that or Wingshauser? Why didn't they just call him Al? Oh, is it? Here's Al, the police chief. Big Al. Yeah, Big Al. Oh.
1: Because he would suit it. He would suit it. Yeah, definitely. And he looks good. It's 1987, Wings. Oh. What are you doing in this film, mate? I feel so sorry for him. His agent must have been the biggest nobby <laughs> in the fucking industry because every film Wings got was
0: shit, wasn't it? That's it. It I'm- was. Because we're, you know, we're on record as like big Wings House of I love fans.
1: him. I adore him.
0: Yeah. but, but he, wear his t-shirt. But you look at his filmography and you think, oh, fucking hell, Wings, come on. There's just one good film, Wings? <laughs> you? Even Mutant wasn't that
1: good, but I like it. Yeah. So I've written down here, it's like watching an amateur acting troupe do their first ever play.
0: Oh, I like that. That's
1: exactly what it I felt like. like. That. Because whatever, not like if you look at Tarantino, and we'll talk about him as like the prime example of a writer director. Yeah, that's a man who sticks to his script mm-hmm. and he directs it perfectly. Yeah, it's the right actor to do the job, and it's entertaining. It's yeah. funny. It's tense. He's the ma- He is a master. Yeah. Norman Mailer is the antithesis of this. Mm. It's this is a an award winning author. You cannot make a film or get somebody to deliver a line of dialogue with any emotion. Well, that's the thing. Fucking If out. we're
0: going to go into dialogue, which is a good segue, mate, very professional. Okay. <laughs> so the blonde bombshell has come downstairs playing the trumpet, as we've already established. And there's Wings and, and Ryan there. And um, I think it's, it's Wings... Is it no with is it Wings or Ryan that asks about her blonde hair if it's natural?
1: Oh, are you a natural blonde? Yeah. Because there's a lot of,
0: you know, southern there's accents l- in yeah, this. There's a lot of southern flirty yeah. shit. Yeah. So her response to that. Fuck, oh, I know. remember now. My pussy hair was bright gold in the high school until I went out and scorched it with the football team.
1: Wah 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 wah. What <laughs> what? You know, if you're on set at that point, you're Norman Mailer, the writer, director, novelist, you would have gone,
0: I'm happy with that. That's 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 a good take.
1: And, and Ryan that. O'Neill, you can start to see the look on his face early in the film.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Especially in one scene that
1: we'll get to is just, like, Where outstanding. he, he realises, oh, what am I doing here? The
0: fourth wall was broken, broken in this scene that we're going to get to, yeah. Would you <laughs> reckon
1: Coppola was on set during any of this? He's executive producer. There's no way to end up at any of this and gone, this is good, guy. This is the man who made the Godfather. (laughs) Well, he's gone.
0: Yeah, that's two thumbs up. Norman,
1: well done, mate. I think they all bought their fucking coke off Norman (laughs) and nobody wanted to fuck him up. Yeah. And he's gone, I'm going to make a film. And they've gone, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll support you, mate. Just keep that white powder coming. Yeah, that's it. Because everybody must have been fucked making this. I am sure two minutes in.
0: It appears quite a few times in the film, there's a few lines of coke. Yeah. That was probably real.
1: First shot of the party scene, lines off the table. Lines, yeah. Bang, lines. I didn't even know they had cocaine in New England. I thought it was like an LA thing again. But anyway, (laughs) what do I know? I'm Welsh. Um, So we then talk about um, the night of the seance. Oh my God. See, And I know this feels like really disjointed, but this is how the film goes. It's really disjointed. So they're talking about the night we had the seance and they're like, don't bring it up. Well, let's bring it up. All right. We're having a flashback. And then we're at the seance. Now in attendance is Ryan O'Neill's wife. Have we got a name? Um, She's got like a long winded Southern name.
0: Oh, I've got it here somewhere. It is Um,
1: Patty Lorraine. Patty Lorraine. So Mm -hmm. Patty's his wife, the blonde bombshell. So she's hosting a seance. She says, I want to do a seance. All right, then. So Anthony Kiedis is there? Who was at the party earlier? Anthony Kiedis is there. I we mean, should
0: say this is the real Anthony. No, it's Kiedis.
1: not the real Anthony Kiedis. We do like
0: to we do like to associate people because there's there's always lots of lookalikes in these films, and it's something <laughs> always we've always done from our years of watching films together. <laughs> Spotted we, someone, like John Carpenter is huh? the Carpenter's the classic. Is in
1: everything. He's got the best fucking AMDB ever. <laughs> but Kiedis is in this, but yeah. it's not Anthony Kiedis. Um,
0: But but for the purposes of this show, it will be. We don't know
1: his name. No. He's just a background guy. Yeah. But he keeps popping up. So he's at the seance, and then there's two other people, and we haven't got a fucking clue who they Mm. are. And then the seance begins. There's no Ouija board, there's no candle, there's nothing you would have for us. Go on. The
0: the reason for this seance happening, and she she gives, Paddy Lorraine gives the reason for it happening, is is because two whores keep whispering to her.
1: (laughs) Story <laughs> of my life. Is, is that what prompts you to do a seance normally? Probably A couple not. of whores whisper to you. That's it. Let's see if we can speak to the dead. Yeah. It's not what you'd do normally. It's not, is it? Two whores whisper to me. I'm saying five of each. <laughs> and we don't know who they're trying to summon or no. talk to. There's no. no purpose for the seance. No. And then um, Patty starts screaming. Anthony Kiedis starts screaming. Mm. Cut. Yeah. That's it. That was the seance. It wasn't like something that like was hereditary, No. you know. There's, um, obviously we're an hour into this and we have no fucking idea why they did the séance. So we did the séance, and she was in a nice black dress. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife then we cut the scene from the séance and straight to his wife packing her bags yeah. and she's leaving him. Yes, she's leaving Ryan O'Neill. Um, this is all, um, before. This is stuff that
0: happened previously. Yeah, because so get there's, flashbacks. there's loads of flashbacks, isn't there?
1: So she's running off with a chauffeur, who is Clarence Williams third, And I was like, oh, well, I'm excited because he's a very good actor. He was in, you know, he's been in exploitation movies and he was mm. in Tales from the Hood and all these things. And I was like, oh, great. And he just turns up, packs of bags, has a little chit-chat with Ryan. He's gone. We haven't seen him since. Mm. Because him and the wife have gone.
0: I do love that. <laughs>
1: And they talk about him having a big black dick or something. Well,
0: yeah. It's refer- I mean, usually, well, so I've heard. I um, know <laughs> <laughs> what you're going to say, now. <laughs> there is the bre- bre- abbreviation called BBC, uh, which is not British Broadcasting Company. No. Um, but in this film, it's it stands for Big Black Chauffeur. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I always thought it was something else. I, well, I don't know, really. Apparently no. it is, but I don't know. Big Black Chimney? Chimney, something. I big- don't know.
1: Anyway, (laughs) we don't want to get cancelled on the fifth episode. So, um, big black chauffeur and wife leave. (laughs) and um, He's not even big, is he?
0: He's not, actually. Let's be honest.
1: So, um, off they go. And um, what have I written here? It's like they're talking in code. Right. Again, this is a thing about the dialogue. Mm. It's so shittily delivered. Yeah. You don't know what is actually... Plot progression or just shite coming out of their mouths mm. because it's just bollocks most of it and this is probably why this film was recommended to us because it's awful it's just awful <laughs> it's, it's... there's you like you're trying to get into it and you're like what the fuck are they talking about but this is the beauty of this film mm. because it challenges you. To get into it.
0: I don't think we've been this challenged by a film for quite a while, mate. It's like when you think of those potholers and they
1: go into the most death-defying vertical crawls that they'll, they should never be able to do or get out of. No human should be in there. Hmm. Like, no human should watch this film. No <laughs> film fan should have to go through this shit. And we're an hour into the bastard. We've still got, I think it's about another 47 minutes still to go. <laughs> so we've got... They're talking in code. So at this point, um, Wings... I'm pretty sure Wings gets in touch with Ryan O'Neill's character and says, you've got a couple of dead bodies. Or, yeah. No, Ryan says there's two dead bodies yeah. in, dead yeah. bodies in the cellar. So this is jump back to the present day with yeah. him and Lawrence Tyranny and he says there's two, there's two dead bodies in the cellar. And then we go back again to what happened five days before. So his wife's left him. She's fucked off with the BBC and now... <laughs> He's hitting the fucking ale. So his life now is a haze of alcohol excitement. Yeah. I mean, um, there was
0: already alcohol before, but now well, yeah. it oh, it ramps up big time. Well,
1: his wife's left him. Well, She's yeah. gone off with a black chauffeur. Yeah. You know. So he's down at his local, called was it the Weeping Widow or something like that? Something, yeah. And um, he's hitting it hard. And then a blonde bombshell comes in, dressed just like his wife, in a white dress, blonde hair, with her old, fat husband.
0: Oh, we have, just before then, mate.
1: Oh, where's well, next? We thing. have missed a pivotal
0: scene. This is so confusing, this film. Like, is. This, is why, this is why we've got to help each other, mate, because there's so much Fuck shit me. that happens in it. Before we get to that, we do see uh, that Wings gets a Polaroid of Jessica. And and he has one of those sort of guillotine paper cut things, and he cuts a head off. Oh from yes. the Polaroid. Yes,
1: big big um, connotations of what's to come. Yeah. So yeah.
0: then we get to this meeting. Yeah,
1: it was a sexy picture as well. I remember it was he was in like a lacy black yeah, thing, yeah. It was quite nice in it to be fair. <laughs> um, yeah. So we get the decapitation. Yes. You know um, what do they call that? Fore- foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. We're yes. so educated. Oh, we are. Foreshadowed. (laughs) So somebody's getting a head cut off. Mm. Guess who? Um, So um, two dead bodies in the cellar, and then he's out in the piss, and the blonde bombshell turns up with the out lad. Yes. And she's chit chatting shit. They have a look over at Ryan O'Neill. He goes over half soaked. They have a little chat, and they all go back to Ryan's house. Mm -hmm. And he comes out with some absolute gems here. So the out lad, you know, he's going to be a cuck. And if anybody doesn't know what a cuck is, a cuckold, he likes to watch his Mrs. Gifford. He does. Yeah, this I think he's um, there for
0: Jessica and Lonnie Pangborn.
1: Pangborn. Mm. Now, he's got his hands on her thigh a lot yeah. in this scene. And good for him. Mm, fair uh, she was in Unforgiven. Yes, yeah, she was. Yeah. She was the madam in yeah. the whorehouse.
0: Yeah, yes.
1: In uh, Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven. So, another good actor. Yeah, very good. Um. So Ryan O'Neill's, he's had a f- couple of fucking bourbons, I imagine by this, couple of thousand. And um, <laughs> he basically tells her husband that he's going to fuck her right in front of him. He does. And there's nothing you're going to do about yeah, it. Yeah. And he says, so her husband says, with well, the lady agrees, something like that. But you can see he's a bit nervous about it. Yeah, he
0: was sort of calling his bluff, really, wasn't with he? he? You know?
1: She gets up, crawls over, and he goes, have a look at this. His words, not mine's. Well, yeah. Have a look at this. She starts noshing him off. Yeah.
0: All you hear is zip.
1: He's got the bad boy out. <laughs> She's working his palm. Cut to. They're outside for some reason. Yeah. Why would you buy them? Just take her to bed. Yeah. Bed's far more comfortable. They're, they were inside to begin with. And then. So she was sucking him off in the living room. Then they've gone outside. Yeah. And. they're the cold. Stand up sex. Yeah. Which in my life is impossible to do. <laughs> How the fuck do you do that? Right. And the husband's having a cry by the car.
0: He is literally crying.
1: He's bawling, and he's going, "Can I just say something?" <laughs> what are you going to say, mate? It's
0: over. Stop fucking my
1: wife. Yeah, it's too late. So, no. she just sucked him off in front of you. Yeah, he's bang- she's banging him outside. So God knows what happened in the house. Oh. So anyway, that's going on. Yeah. Which is again another curveball. Yeah. Um. So, oh, by the way, she was a porn star.
0: Yeah, a triple X porn star. What's the difference? No <laughs> doubt. What the, what's,
1: what's the difference? <laughs> I did a movies, mm. triple I X ones. What are the other ones? Double X, one X. I've never seen a double X. PG. Fuck there's no such thing. Um, orgies of Plunder. So, I've what written a, that down. What, what an like. album. What so an okay. album. It's, I'm sure it's by fucking um, Man of War or something, but... um it's just a piece of dialogue where he's... He, before they go and have the shag, he's basically like smoothing her over with stories of the port town they live in, mm. where basically um, they used to light fires on the beach and um, sailors used to crash their boats on the shore and they would get plundered by pirates. Yeah, And that's what used to happen there. So he's kind of like wooing her with his bad boy stories of days gone. And then he says, they would they would rape and steal Orgies of plunder. I was like, I've got to write down orgies of plunder. It's just a great bit of dialogue. It is really good, actually. So the orgy then happened, or didn't happen, Mm. at his house. Um, He fucks his wife, I've written, and he's crying. Then Ryan O'Neill wakes up with a tattoo.
0: And he wakes and he says, I forget who he says it to, I haven't wrote down who he says it to, but... I awoke to the sound of that man crying. <laughs> it's still got yeah. it's still got the sound of Lonnie Pangborn crying <laughs> in his he's shagging ears. his wife in front of him. <laughs>
1: so so he woke up still hearing him crying? Yeah. Okay. So that means he was alive when he last remembered seeing him. You'd think so. Because this is one of those film noir movies where something gets pinned on somebody yeah. and blah, blah. So yeah. there's all little clues. Yeah. So Norman Mailer must have thought, oh, I'm so fucking clever, mm-hmm. leaving these titbits everywhere, these yeah. little breadcrumbs. You're not that fucking clever, mate, because this film is shit. <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> so Tim... Uh, Ryan O'Neill's character, but I'll just say Ryan for yeah, the sake yeah. of it. He wakes up and he's hung over, There's blood on his clothes. Yes. Something happened. There's blood.
0: But mm. um, well, like you said, he has had this tattoo, this blood when you have a tattoo.
1: Yeah, it could be from the tattoo. I yeah. don't
0: think there's that much blood. Not really. Because there was a lot of blood. Yeah, and all it said was Madeline on his arm.
1: Yeah, oh. it was a, like a proper old school sailor. Tattoo with Madeleine on his arm. And we don't know
0: who Madeleine is. You know, there's all these things. Who did the tattoo? Who
1: did the tattoo? What's going on? So Wingshauser, who's the chief police, brings him up and says, um, somebody had their arm chopped off. <laughs> what? How does he know? A bit random. So we never see anybody's arm get chopped off. We're now into the film. We haven't seen anybody's arm get chopped no, off. No. And um, he says you better come down to the police station for a chat. Mm -hmm. So Ryan's gone, all right then, she goes down to the police station. Then he says, "Um, you grow a bit of weed, don't you? And Ryan O'Neill's like, yeah, what's it to you? Mm -hmm. Well, wherever you hide your stash, you better move it because the local cops are going to have it off you. Yeah. All right then. So Ryan O'Neill heads out to the middle of the fucking woods
0: it's Who's f- gonna find his weed? Exactly, and it is like in the middle of fucking nowhere. In
1: the middle of nowhere, and yeah. he's pulled like a rock out, and he's gone in to grab his weed stash. He's not a very good weed dealer. Why would you hide it all the way out in the fucking woods? You're not it's got selling a bit it. Drive
0: to Go yeah. to it.
1: What if somebody wants a fucking tenth? <laughs> yeah, I was just three hour drive up yeah. into the woods, yeah, for a bit of weed.
0: Oh my god.
1: Now, nah, far fetched, mate. Yeah. Um. So he digs it out, and lo and behold, in the bag, it's not his weed. But a severed head, what, what, wow! Boom, boom, boom of a blonde bird. But mm. all we see is him rip the bag open. We do not identify who it
0: no. is. You just you see the blonde hair, you see a flash of an eye, and he does it. Ugh! Yeah, <laughs> and then another jump it, <laughs> cut shoves it
1: back in, and then he uh, gets on with his day. So I said I've written here so far. It's a film about the dangers of drinking to excess. Yes. So if you imagine um, the Hangover, mm-hmm. and you throw in a film noir, ooh, there—that's where we're at so far. Yeah. So obviously, in the Hangover, they wake up with tattoos.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. They do. They Good wake point. up having
1: sex with people they didn't know about. Yes. And they don't remember what's happened. There's no. Mm, there's no severed heads but they lose their friend. So it's kind of the same as The Hangover. So Todd Phillips has got a lot to answer for here Mm. because he kind of ripped this film off, (laughs) hasn't he? (laughs) Tough guys don't dance, eh? So we've got... Now, this is where some of the homophobia comes in. It is. Now, I'm going to tell you from the off, I do not condone anything Norman Mailer's written into this film here. Clearly, this man has got a dislike for gay people. Oh, yeah. The language used in this is not good. Mm. And there's no reason for it. Mm. But he likes to use the word F-A-G-G-O-T. And that's the safest way I can say it. He does. Because I wouldn't like to say it out loud. But um, apparently one of them is a flaming one. (laughs) Now, I've eaten these before and they're by Mr. Brain's. Anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about, type in Mr. Brains, F-A-G-G-O-T-S. Yeah. (laughs) And there are food over here, Um, but not in America at this, in 1987. Um, And I've written, Pengborn, Flaming, (laughs) F-A-G-G-O-T-S. I can't remember why or who says it, but they start going on about
0: them. Yeah. Um, Have you got any notes on that? Well, I've got, and I... I I'm not sure if this was before this bit, because there is a bit where that word is used for the headline.
1: Oh, well, this was before. This is the suicide note.
0: Oh, okay. Got that. Because the bit where Wingshauser is going on about the, the hidden stash of, of, of marijuana, etc. Yeah. Um, and he does <laughs> Because Wings character likes, you know, a, a bit of weed. He likes to smoke. And he likes it because, and quote, it puts... It puts feathers on my ass. <laughs> no, who needs those? And why? <laughs> why would you think, you know what? I'm going to take something that puts feathers, feathers on, on my ass. ass. Oh, oh, I like my butt cheeks tickled. Where you've been
1: spending your night's wings. Mm. So wings is now... So the whole point of the F-A-G-G-O-T is basically um, the, the husband, the cuckold yeah. earlier was one of the victims. Yes. And he was found in the boot of the car
0: um, and he'd shot himself, apparently. Yeah, because we looked at each other and said, well, why would why would you go into the boot of a car and then... Kill yourself. Well, then, and, and, and shut the boot down. Shame. And, and then shoot yourself in the hand. Shame.
1: Because somebody's banging his wife outside. Yeah, yeah. So this is a suicide note. So this is him going on about being a flaming um, Mr. Brain's And um, he says he's going to leave you with carnal... I've written carnal, carnal licky sucky heaven. That
0: exact quote, mate.
1: Carnal, licky sucky heaven. So that he's written in that is in suicide note because he couldn't bear to see his wife getting shagged by Ryan O'Neill. So he's killed himself and written licky sucky heaven. (laughs) Um, Wingshauser also says, and I think I can get away with this one, he wants to kill all homos. Yeah. Now, I don't know why, but not Wingshauser, his character. Yeah, yeah. Wingshauser likes um, homosexual men, um, but his character wants to kill them. So yeah. that's two really bad gay references, like derogatory things against gay people really for no to reason. Yeah. Calm down, Norman, mate. We don't need to know that much. So then... Um, we talk about, now I've skipped a bit here, but Ryan O'Neill's now talking about his ex-wife, mm-hmm. who's Isabella Rossellini. Yes. And she is somehow now married to Wingshauser. Yeah. Oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> um So we then get a flashback to when Ryan O'Neill was with her. And um they are together for a period of time. Apparently she was a model that came over from Italy and he was with her when he was a bartender. And then... He's not with her now. So um, he he then says to her, I picked up a copy of Screw Magazine, um, which just happened to be on the kitchen table. Now, Screw Magazine looks like a newspaper. It looks
0: like for people in... Well, I'm sure people in America. I'm presuming it's a real sort of newspaper-ish. I don't think it is, Dave. Well, I don't
1: know. I think Norman's made it up because of what we read on the front cover.
0: Well, if it is, I mean... Please, American listeners, if, if Screw Magazine really was Screw. real, let us know. But it looks sort of like, for for UK listeners, as though he picked up a copy of The Sunday Sport.
1: Yeah, well, even worse than that, it looks like the local, like, like what we'd have in our area is called The Evening Leader. <laughs> which is like a local newspaper. And it looks like that, but it's for sex. Yeah. It's a local newspaper for sex. Mm. And he's seen an advert in the back for a swinging couple. Yeah. That want to have a good good time but they're from the south. Mm-hmm. Now, oh my god, again Norma Mailer clearly has never been any further than wherever he lives and he's never seen a lot of America I imagine because the way he depicts this poor girl as being from down there <laughs> but
0: you can't talk. Oh my god. It's so terrible, isn't awful. it? Oh, it really is bad.
1: So he says um I picked up a copy of Screw Magazine and um there's, uh, there's an, a, a couple in there called Big Stoop and his missus who want to shag. Mm. So him and El- Isabella Rossellini, against probably her better wishes, go and have a shag with them. Yeah. Now, on the front of screen, we've got to say it. We
0: have to say it because you, okay. I didn't notice it, to be fair. You picked up on it and you went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just rewind that a, a little bit. Because <laughs> I then couldn't help just, see it. Just look at what what is on the front of this magazine. So
1: in huge blue writing, it's a screw magazine. But above that, the main headline is and I've got to say it. You've got to say it. I've got to say it. Has faggotry gone too far? <laughs>
0: that was the that's the header. That's the header. That's the fucking header.
1: What is wrong with Norman Mailer? What did he have against gay people? faggotry
0: Oh my I've God. I've never
1: heard that in my life. Meet
0: it. that's the first time I've seen that. I would love to have a chat with this man. You're all right, Norm. Yeah. You anything you want to talk about, mate? Yeah. So, um,
1: answers on a postcard. Has it gone too far? Mm. What is too far? <laughs> we don't know. No. Um, it, so, I've written down here Norman, you're so homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to the uh, the swinging scene, which is Ryan O'Neill in bed with the Blonde Bombshell, yep. who later turns out, as we can now say, to be his wife from yes. the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But not the lardy da money wife. Mm. She's the redneck one top like yeah. this. Yeah. So basically, she's married to fucking Penn from Penn and Teller. Yeah. Which is bizarre. What a cameo. That now, is pretty cool. In 1987, were they as Penn and Teller as they were? I don't
0: know. I don't know. No. But he's big stoop. Yeah. Oh.
1: So he's having a good shag with her and she's really, she's into him. Yeah. She's banging into him. Isabella Rossellini, off screen, is shagging, Pen, I'm probably teller, but we don't get to see that. I'm probably a tiger. Yeah. Because the drive home's frosty.
2: Yeah.
1: And Ryan's had a great time and I think he's bang into this blonde. And Isabella He's not happy. And she has a typical European woman blow up and starts fighting him in the car <laughs> and they crash. Yeah. And then she's in hospital. Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, are you all right? And she's like, yeah, I can't have kids. Oh. Didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Like, she's going to go mark on her, is she? Yeah, she's she hasn't like, got a mark on her, but she's she can have kids. Yeah. And then she says, have you got any cocaine? And he's like, yeah,
0: got some in my pocket. In hospital.
1: And he started doing some beak in hospital. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: What the fuck is going on?
0: If That doesn't even happen, mate, in Rex and Myla. And that's <laughs> fucking Rex and Myla. And
1: we've got it everywhere.
0: No? <laughs>
1: we've got it everywhere. So we've had the car crash. We've had cocaine hospital. And then she says, hey... You better be careful with this cocaine, carrying it around we everywhere. And, he, and he's like, Why? She goes, You'll get caught. He goes, No, I won't. Hard cut. <laughs> That's a problem. He's in jail.
0: It really does go to it from him saying, No, I won't. Boom, jail.
1: So, jail. So, who caught him? Yeah. When? Don't know. What were the circumstances? Don't know. How long he been in there? Because he looks like a Kanicki from Greece at this point. His hair's all fucking up in the air and he's all like five o'clock shadowed. There's some old dude in his pants oh, walking around I tried cell. to forget that
0: bit, but... I'll never
1: forget it. And, um, I mean, he's in jail. So, you think you're going to get a jail sequence. You don't.
0: You'd think so, wouldn't you, at this point, but...
1: Because this is him telling Wings earlier I'm, I'm an ex-con. Mm. That's why I've got the thousand-yard stare. Yeah. Well, he must have been in jail for, like, a day, two days, because he's out sweeping floors in a pub
0: after that. Although he does say, he does say to the barman, uh, because he takes, because it's, you know, it's already been established, he likes a drink. Ryan's character. <laughs> does he? He likes a drink. So he sees this, you know, he sees, oh, this whiskey, yeah. you know, on the bar. Yeah. So fucking having some of that. Doesn't ask, just downs it. Barman goes, you know, what the fuck are you doing? First drink I've had in three years. So he'd been inside for three three years. years. Three years.
1: So during the three years, Isabella Rossellini is no longer with him. We've got to imagine. Mm -hmm. This is where she's hooked up with wings. Yes. Okay. So he's just got out of jail. And then the blonde who he had the threesome with, Mm -hmm. whose name was Patty Lorraine. Yeah. Wardley. Is that right? Yeah. Fair play. Um, (laughs) She is now has been married to big stoop yeah who's uh no 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 the other guy's in it at this point the guy who turns up with a blonde mullet and he says me and her could do things together oh for fuck's sake so she's not with big stoop she's got with some other guy who's mega mega rich and then now i've written here
0: i'm lost (laughs) It did get a little bit confusing. As if it wasn't confusing enough, like, during the 60 minutes that At this we point, it was lasking a lot of you. Well, a lot. Because because Ryan goes to Isabella Russell. Well, this
1: is before that. This is before he goes to see her. Right, okay. So this is him at the bar. Yeah. And he's just come out of prison. Then we've got that um, that scene with him meeting the guy with the blonde hair
0: yeah oh fuck yeah and
1: he says if me and her get together we could have the best parties in new england you're like where does he come from and why is he asking ryan o'neill about the blonde bird he's been in prison for three years so like hence why i've written i'm lost yeah yeah because i was hardcore lost at that point yeah so Basically, what's happened is um, the blonde girl you have the threesome with. I hope you're sticking with us on this fucking. Hell, this is a tough one.
0: Has the, the people listening to this, mate, haven't watched it. We're confused, and we have watched the first hour. <laughs> <laughs> people are listening to this who haven't seen it. Going, oh, what the fuck are you two on about?
1: Please, at this point, I. I urge if you're still you, listening, watch. Thank, it. You. thank yeah, you. thank you, and please watch this film because it's really worth it. It's really entertaining. So and maybe you can help us. Um, he he, this rich guy's got with the blonde. And they—they're rich, yeah. Um, then we've got him going to see Isabella Rossellini because he wants to go back to his ex-wife. He, last time he saw her, she was doing cooking hospital, mm-hmm. and he wants to go to and tell he still loves her. So he turns up at the house, and she's. Th- this is Wings Houses house, by the way.
0: Oh yes.
1: And how do we know that?
0: Oh mate, I tell you what, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: fucking brilliant.
0: Oh, obviously, we're not like you say, but this. No, do it. Oh, this. It's, we it's, said as we were watching it, you know, it it would be our absolute pleasure to meet Wings the one day. Have a picture, and if you were going to get his autograph as well, you think what what photograph would I like to have Wings' autograph of himself? Well, there's there's a thousand things you could pick. Thousand, mate. But I tell you what, mate, the one that's in this that's shown, framed in his character's house, is an absolute classic.
1: It's. I mean, they're really pushing that he was in Vietnam oh, God. and he was a soldier. Because all the pictures all over the house, is no one of Isabella Rossellini, they're all of Wings' house. Yeah. All pictures of him um, saluting in front of an American flag, but the Vietnam photo of him, face screwed up with anger, with a machete in his hand, <laughs> is the best thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life.
0: All around the house,
1: pictures of Wings oh, my. at
0: war. It's amazing. And a thousand guns. Well, as she's walking around the room, so the camera's following her. There's different shots, obviously. So I counted. So this is minimum, absolute minimum. Was <laughs> well, this is just a living room? The, well, well, of course. <laughs> fuck knows what's in that. You know, the, the kitchen, the bathroom, the bedroom. But just within the living room, there is a minimum that you see: thirteen rifles, four pistols, fuck,
1: and two swords. Just in case you're out of bullets. I bet he's handy. Well,
0: he's good with a machete, apparently. Nobody would break into his house.
1: You're not going to win that fight, are you? you not, yeah. he's, So basically, he's an army guy. He loves to be in control. Mm-hmm. He likes guns. Yes. He likes swords. Yes. And he likes to smoke a bit of weed. He does. And he doesn't like gay people. No. Um. So.
0: How does he prove that he doesn't like gay people?
1: Because we think... Well, just before it comes to that part of dialogue, we think he's killed the cuckold husband and put him in the bin, not in the boot, because he knew he was gay. Yes. So he's, I mean, it's one of, it's one of those, like, what did we say, like playing Cluedo this, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's got yeah. all these little, little tidbits everywhere yeah. and you can piece it together. It's like a little puzzle. <laughs> Fair dues, Norman Mailer. Even though you're homophobic, you know, you gave us everything we needed. So we know he's, he doesn't like gay people. Yeah. Because he he smokes weed and does he say he wants to kill them all? Um, So I've got here now a picture of wings with machete, house full of guns, and then, oh,
0: God, oh, man. Before that, before, oh, God, oh, man, before we get to that Ryan O'Neill scene. We're um, still we're still in, in Wings' house. Is this the one where he sparks up the joint? No, no. They, 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 so we, we're in the house and we've seen the rifles and the pistols and the swords. So Isabella Rossellini is explaining to Wings, how, uh, um, to Ryan O'Neill, how awesome Wings' character is. Yes. Um, and that he makes love to her five times a night. He does not. And she calls him Mr. Five. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Five! Nobody's fucking five
1: times a night. <laughs> how... You're not going to get any sleep. <laughs> so that's, that's her just blowing smoke up his ass. that is. Saying, I bet she's that happens to, as well, actually. It, well, yeah, probably. Like like fucking some Indian smoke signals. <laughs> but, um, nah, she's just chatting shit because she's trying to wind him up. She wants to make him jealous. Yeah. Because um, he went to jail. Did she go and visit him while he was in jail? She was still burned by the threesome. It, oh, yeah, yeah. That's why she was burned. Yeah. So what do you do? You get burned in the threesome, you marry Wingshauser. Yeah. Standard. So she's wound him up and he leaves at that point. He leaves at yeah,
0: Ryan O'Neill leaves at that point.
1: But she gives him a letter. Yes. And she says don't read it now. Read it when you get to the wherever, beach. wherever the director <laughs> tells you to go and read it, which happens to be a rock on the beach. Yeah. And it's basically saying um, um Wings is having an affair so Isabel Rossellini by the way is married to Wings Hauser, okay? Yeah. Wings is shagging your new wife, Ryan. And he goes, oh God, oh man. I mean, it's, it's like the bit in the room where it's like, I did not. You know, yeah. it's just <laughs> ugh, awful, awful, awful filmmaking and acting. At what point has Wings had an affair with his wife? Yeah, because we... Well, we don't see it. We don't. We don't really see Ryan and his wife ever together apart from when she's leaving him and when she shagged him at the original meet up yeah there's no marriage between them no. there's certainly no wedding scene no nope. this is a fucking hard film to oh, go through this isn't it yeah. but so entertaining <laughs> so um so he's he's had he's had bad news he's gone to the pub he's drowned in his sorrows wings appears outside the pub um in the police car and he basically says come with me yeah right Anthony Kiedis showed up a minute before with his mate saying something about dead bodies mm-hmm. and it panicked Ryan and then Wings turns up, he says, get in the car. Um, I've written down, um, a dog appears. So oh, Wings it- takes him back to the police station and Wings, this is a point where Wings lights up the joint in front of him, yes. which now shows you that Wings had his stash. Yeah. So Wings probably put the severed head in the place of the stash. Yeah. Wings then starts going on about gay people again okay, and how yeah. he wants to kill them all and that he's cleverer than you hmm. and um, you're going to get them for murder. Some bullshit like that. So then Ryan O'Neill basically goes back to where the he found the severed head. Now, this is nearly on the hour mark because he wants to know whose fucking head it was, yeah. as do we. Uh, of course we do. Because we do. Yeah. still don't know whose nope. head is in no idea. that stuff. But we know Wings is... Took his weed. Yeah. We yeah, know wings, put that yeah, fucking head there. Yeah. And he's smoking a J in front of him. Um so Ryan O'Neill's driving to the forest of severed heads and he's got a dog.
0: <laughs> never at this point in the film has there been a dog. No at no point. Has Nobody's there been mentioned a dog. the dog. No.
1: Never seen the dog and he's got a dog with him. He was with wing he was on the piss, so he hasn't took his dog out with him for no. a pint. He went straight to the police station. Wings didn't have a dog. Where's he got a dog from? But he's got a dog. Mm -hmm. So I've written down here. So we've just got to the part where he's about to rip the bag open and have a look whose head it is. And it
0: really was like, hang on, 60 minutes. He was just about to open the bag and it was like, stop.
1: So I've written here, Murderville. Now, I think I got the title of that show right. Um, Will Arnett on Netflix, and it was basically a show where he's a detective
2: okay. and celebrities
1: would go on the show and they would have to solve a crime, but it was a comedy. Ah, okay. So everybody was in on it apart from the celebrity. Yeah. This is what this film feels like. A big fucking joke. Whoa. And then <laughs> And then I'm got- so sorry, everybody. This has been hard, but fuck me, has it been... I can't wait to see what we've happens next. We've
0: got no idea. And again, like, you know, we've got 47 minutes <sighs> left. I don't think I've got enough beer, mate. <laughs> but now we've got our predictions. Uh, this was, I've got to say, the toughest one to make predictions.
1: Thank you again, everybody, for listening to this episode. Because yeah. I know this has been like, what are they
0: talking about? But where, Where's, where's more titties? Where's more people being killed? Where's all the blood? All, you this know, is not that film. It is not that film. This is something really different. It's The Room. Yeah, It's like The Room. Hmm. But it's good. <laughs>
1: it's good.
0: Oh, my word. Go first, Dave. Right, next to Die. Now, this was tough because I thought, because they'd set up... Don't say the dog. <laughs> oh, if it's the dog, I'm going to be in pieces. If I thought, that because they've set up at the beginning, oh, where's your hair gone? Oh, I've got cancer. You'd think... You're going to kill off Lawrence tyranny. Is, is that the foreshadowing <laughs> that, okay, you've got cancer, he's going to die. That's going to then trigger some events that are going to happen. I'm going to say nobody else dies. Oh. Mm.
1: I've had a little think, and um, I think somebody's got to be culpable for something in this. Because mm. there's been murders and drugs and a seance and I don't know why, but I just think Anthony Kiedis is going next. I <laughs> think
0: the Anthony Kiedis I just character? I think
1: he's been built up a little bit, but I think he's expendable now. Oh, okay. I think we need to see Wings flex his psychoth- psychopathy. <laughs> because there's a nutter in him yeah. and we haven't seen him do anything yet. Mm-hmm. So I think he's got to take it out on someone just to prove yeah, yeah. to us he is a killer. Yeah. So I think Kiedis... That's
0: a fair one, that's a fair one. Interesting mate, interesting. Next, Naked Flesh. Easy. Now, as we did say, seven minutes into it. Tiddies. Tiddies, seven minutes in. What happened in the next 53 minutes? Nothing. Nothing. I'm going to say, no more Naked Flesh. I've got one.
1: Go on. Ryan O'Neill. I think we're going to see him with his top off before the end of this film.
0: Topless. Well, actually, let's get this right again, just to be fair. Male. Male topless. topless. So it could be any male. Male. Male topless.
1: I'll say male topless, but I'll get a, I'll get a fucking shot of bourbon <laughs> if it's <laughs> Ryan O'Neill. I'll
0: tell you what, mate. Bonus point if it's Ryan O'Neill. Thank you, sir. There you go. I'll take it. Considering considering you won the last fucking episode on the point bon- at bonus no, point. None I don't of us know. are
1: getting a point on this part.
0: Oh, I doubt it.
1: This is going to be like teeter on half a point. Who wins Jeez. this one?
0: Action scene.
1: Okay, I've put a fight and I'm going to say who? Mm. Between Vings
0: and Ryan. That would probably be the one if there I was going to be one.
1: Ryan's going to throw a punch on him.
0: So a fight scene. You fight. can say that. Right. Well, again, if it is between those two, bonus point. Okay. I'm saying no action. I'm going non to die, no naked flesh, no action. Fucking okay, hell, you got no big hopes for this. <laughs> Honestly, guys. I think it's going to be a very wordy final 47 minutes.
1: I don't know what to say because <laughs> it's that random. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to see somebody say faggotry had gone too far. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it has. Yeah. I don't believe it has. I think it's got levels. Um, <laughs> so last line of the movie, tough guys don't dance is what's going to be said.
0: Well, that would be a bonus point, but who's going to say it?
1: Lawrence tyranny, because he ain't going to die, Dave. You think
0: You think Lawrence is going to say the last?
1: Lawrence is going to say the last words. I'm
0: saying Tim is going to say it. Ryan O'Neill is going to say the last line. I've What's he going to say? He's going to say, he's going to say, oh, on the spot now, he's going to say, thank fuck that's finished. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're going to say
1: <laughs> when it's over. I'm going to watch it again. End music, end credit. I'm just gonna say it's a uh, score.
0: Yeah, orce- orchestral. Yeah, movie score. I've put movie score by yeah. Element. Yeah, we're both the same. Aren't yeah, it? yeah. I think we've got that right. It is now time for us both to pick our
2: wild card matchup.
0: Tough, tough, tough. What's it gonna be, mate?
1: So I've said, Wings is a Satanist.
0: Oh, mm, you know what? Well, yeah, because that is the wild card. You know, it is. Sort of, could happen. It's you know. I think we've just, we, we're
1: yet to see his real character. Yeah.
0: I'm going to say that Ryan's character is going to say no when offered an alcoholic drink. <laughs> oh, mate, you're <laughs> fucking wrong. <laughs> he ain't saying no to a drink. I think he's he's getting some sort of redemption, and he'll see some you know some like wild turkey again. He'll be offered it and he'll go, no thanks. No mate, mate. There's a wild card. All right then. Right. It is now on to... Thank you, Chris Barris. My Hail Mary is... So we've established again that that Ryan's character, Tim, has got this beach house. Um, Yeah. And there's going to be some weird chain of events that um, Wings and Ryan's characters are going to end up having sex on the beach. We've already established... With each other? With each other. And because Wings is denying his homosexuality, that's why he's he's railing against them. And There'll
1: be no railing at the end of this, mate. Norman Mailer would not let a gay (laughs) sex scene happen in this. He'd shoot himself (laughs) before he witnessed it by the looks of this. That's my Hail Mary, mate. What's yours? uh, uh, Wings again. Mm -hmm. Sex again. Ooh. But with the severed head. (laughs) He's going to mouthfuck the... Decapitated it head would of the blonde. Be pretty decomposed by then. I think Wings' head's going to fall off, not in the literal sense, mm. but in like the mental he's sense. He's really going to lose it. I think he's sitting there smoking weed in front of everybody now. He's talking about things he hates. He's really showing who he is. And I think he's going to have a blow
0: up. Ooh.
1: Why else would you cast him as a, a bastard unless he's going to go fall bastard?
0: Well, let's hope he does. I
1: can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. We've got 47 minutes to go.
0: Right. We shall go go down, pour ourselves another drink, and get through the next 47 minutes, and we will leave you, dear listener, with this. My husband is having an affair with your wife. I don't think we should talk about it. Unless you're prepared to kill them.
2: Oh Oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, man.
0: Oh, God, oh, man, oh, God. And we're back. We have we have watched the final 47 minutes of 1987's Tough Guys Don't Dance. And if the first 60 minutes really was a case of... Hey, yo, what the fuck? The final 47 minutes, <laughs> mate, were even more.
1: Oh, mate, I mean... I'll be honest, I'll tell you all now, I've had a long day and then we we came into this film without knowing a fucking thing about it. We've left knowing too much and yet nothing about what Norman Mailer was trying to get across to us here.
0: It it threw too much at us.
1: Too much. Am I right in saying that? And I, I like a film noir, I like a twisty turny sort of... It, you know, you think of films like Chinatown, where what is happening and what's mm. going on, but you can always focus on Jack Nicholson's character as he's doing his best to get through this and he's going to tell us what's happening. This is, again, like the fucking idiot's version of Chinatown, <laughs> where there's too much going on. Oh. Plotals the size of the Grand Canyon. Yeah, And... um, <clears throat> The way some it jumps around the timeline as well, me.
0: it goes... Because a lot of films, you know, there's not always films that just go just totally linear. There's a lot that jump, you know, all around. I can dig but it. But they, they usually give you some sort of, you know, signifiers of where you are within that timeline. Here, it's like, boom, jump cut. Are you in the past? Are you in the future? Are you in the present? What's going on? It's, make didn't... your mind up time. Who is this character?
1: You'd sort of mark it Where's by, the fucking
0: dog come from? Oh don't not with a dog.
1: But you'd think, like, if you were gonna set a scene in the past, you give a character a mustache and then in the present, he doesn't have a mustache. So you can tell the difference exactly. between where yeah, yeah. we are in yeah, time. Yeah. Tarantino did it really, really well with Pump Fiction. Yeah. You know, I don't want to bang on about other films and other filmmakers, but because they're geniuses. Mm. Well, this film is not genius. No. This film is far from it. Oh, I would love to see the special features on this. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. love to see the movie reviews of this. Um Siskel and Ebert, where's that review? Mm. Barry Norman. What did you have to say about this?
0: Barry Norman. Did you oh. even touch
1: on it? Probably not. You were, you didn't have the bucking balls, that's why, mate. That's why we're here doing <laughs> it now.
0: In 2024.
1: 2024. So, as we left the film an hour into it, Ryan O'Neill was about to rip open a head bag yes. and find yeah, out yeah. whose head it was in his Drug stash hole. Mm-hmm. And we then find out there's not just one head, but two heads, two mm-hmm. blonde lady heads. Now, when you get to see this film, everybody who's listening, you will know that there are two blonde women in this film yeah, that are involved in all this bullshit. And it's obviously
0: their heads. You yeah. know, need fucking rocket science, is it? Imagine so, if it was like two totally different people that you'd never seen <laughs> in Like a redhead and somebody before. with a mohawk.
1: Yeah. You're like, oh, that fits in really, because yeah. it doesn't make any fucking sense, does it? So he's pulled out two blonde heads in bin bags and um, just as he's pulling them out, he's heading out of the woods with his dog, which he didn't have for the entire movie. And then Anthony Kiedis and, as we then know, Spider uh, turns up. So the two druggy idiots turn up in a white Rolls Royce, Mm -hmm. who we we know belongs to one of the other rich people who's involved in this. And they have a bit of a fight. First kind of bit of action, really.
0: It is definitely the first action. <laughs> Which is bad. Over an hour into it. <laughs> you know,
1: no action. But yep. there, there was action enough to keep us entertained. Yep. Um, so they have a fight and um Ryan O'Neill's dog attacks Anthony Kiedis. Uh, he's not a Chili Peppers fan. Straight for the throat. Anthony Kiedis stabs him. Oh, Kills mate. the fucking dog.
0: You know what, mate? As far as as far as film goes. Don't kill the dog. No, you you can fuck up humans in whatever way you want to. Do what you like. Do what you want to them. It's all right. You know, I'll, you know, I'll care for the characters, but, you know, I'll get over it. Don't you ever fucking kill the dog. Don't kill the dog. You know, surely John Wick has told everybody, don't fuck with the dog. Don't
1: fuck with the dog.
0: Don't fuck with the dog. And that was just... Uncle. And again, you know, this dog appeared from nowhere mere minutes before this happened. He didn't exist. No, and then yeah, we brought the dog in and then you can watch it be stabbed and die.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and put it on you now that Ryan O'Neill's gonna get lose his dog, which we didn't even know he had, and then what, was gonna be more angry? No, because what happened? He goes over to fucking Anthony Kiedis and he says, he stabbed his dog and it was a pretty fucking bad fake dog. It looked like somebody's backpack. It was. <laughs> this fucking thing was lying on the floor with a knife in it. And he says, I ain't got nothing against your dog, man. I was like, why would you stab him then? You exactly. cunt. You cunt. Yes. And then, what's Ryan O'Neill do? He's got a crowbar in his hand. I just smashed his fucking head in. I'd have killed him. No, he just smashes up the car and fucks off.
0: That was the, that was the worst part. Even he didn't even a, avenge his dog. Exactly. You know, somebody's killed your dog. They're there before you. Like you said, you're holding a crow. I just gone fucked him. Oh, I had to take him a time. With oh, don't do. Made him suffer. Oh. Made him fucking suffer. I'd still
1: be fucking him now. <laughs> so he doesn't avenge his dog. He just smashes up the rolls. And we know that's not Anthony Kiedis' rolls. The, the, the posh drug dealer mm. guy's doing it. And then we come full circle because then Ryan O'Neill's back at his house with the crowbar. He's a bit beaten up. That's the beginning of the movie.
0: Yeah, we're back to the beginning. It's, it's gone yeah. like full circle.
1: So Lawrence Tyranny is in his house, who we now know mm-hmm. concrete is his dad. Yes, at last. We found out at the beginning he had cancer. Yeah. Never mentioned. It's not mentioned again. That's so
0: weird because Why you'd think set that would be like a, you know, the proper epitome of like foreshadowing. Oh, yeah, you got cancer. Later on in the film, he's in hospital with yeah. it. He dies he's from on it. Dialysis, or whatever. He's whatever. Yeah, having something, chemo. something happens to do with it. No, nothing. Nothing. Just, nothing.
1: How can we explain a bald guy in the film? Yeah. Why not just say. He's cut to cancer.
0: And he's bald. just
1: bald, man. Why can't he just be bald? Yeah. Why can't a gay person be gay and a bald person be bald? <laughs> and that's it. No. No. <laughs> We've got to bring up faggotry and cancer. Because <laughs> the, the f- Norman Mailer's clearly a dickhead yeah. at this point. <laughs> Right, so a we're like surprise. winning dick. to surprise. To. We fuck. Give that fucker back, mate. Because I I'd love to read his books, although I couldn't be fucking ass because he's a prick. Um, so we come full circle, with Lawrence Tyranny. So Lawrence Tyranny comes up with the line, one of the lines of the movie for me, was I, go, I gonna deep six the heads? Now I thought it was a sex thing. <laughs> deep six. I'll be honest, I didn't know what deep six meant. Right, Dave told me it was. Like six foot underground. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like fucking them in the mouth or something. <laughs> I'm gonna deep six the heads. So I'm. I start rubbing my thighs at this point. Like,
0: You've been f- using that line on women for so many years, mate, and not knowing what it's been. I Said it to
1: hundred women. <laughs> Did you fancy deep sixing me balls? Yeah. <laughs> no idea. Nope. So. Um, he wants to deep sex a head. So he, he's going to basically go. He's going to get these two blonde heads in bags and he's going to do his son a favour. So he's turned So he's turned into an episode of Dexter now. Yeah. So Dexter's dad, the ghost of James Remar, has turned up and says, I'm going to get rid of them heads for you. I'm going to help you out. So he's going to bury the heads. And he gets his little boat and he takes his boat out to Silent Hill, into the fog.
0: Oh, nice Silent Hill reference. There. And
1: the, there was no Silent Hill, uh, there was no fog at all in this movie. Nope. But Adrian Barbo's up in a lighthouse. Nice. Another,
0: another, another nice <laughs> reference there, mate.
1: <laughs> off he goes to throw the heads but into the boat, sea. But this boat,
0: it's a really shitty boat, isn't it? It's a boat that hasn't got like a compass or anything. No. Nope. And this fog is so thick. Dense. Because we said you'd be out there. You'd have no fucking idea which way was left or right, would you? If you took the the boat out to the and took the
1: heads off, how are you getting back to shore? Y-
0: you you can could see a fucking thing. Out there for years. Never the,
1: know. The cancer had got him. Before hypothermia, <laughs> he'd have been there that fucking yeah. long. So he's deep six in the heads. So he's done him a favor. And then I've got the smarmy ex turns up to kill Ryan. So as he's deep six in the heads, he he's in town. Now I'm, I'm, I'm jumping anytime here, Dave. And he's seen <laughs> um, Wings Houses Cruiser, police cruiser. And Anthony Kiedis tipped him off that Wingshauser was now involved in these killings. And he's opened the boot of the police car Mm -hmm. and he's found a blooded machete. As we talked about earlier, there was a picture of Wings with a machete. Mm -hmm. Again, Norma Mailer with your breadcrumbs. And it's obvious. He's chopped her head off. And then the posh, blonde, druggy dealer guy who was in school with him, who was his ex-wife's husband, stay with us, turns up. And jumps in his car with a gun. Takes him at gunpoint out to the beach, and he's going to kill Ryan O'Neill now. So we're thinking, okay, this this blonde guy, he's the he's the guy with the big plan that's going to kill everybody. Yeah. Right. Whatever. So we get out to this beach, right? And there's the first shot of the movie shows you a sort of stony walkway out it, into it's the
0: like, It's sea. like a pier, isn't it? Yeah. But this pier is made of just Stones and rocks, rocks going all the way, and that's all. That is really all you can see is this thin pier of rocks going out into the into the sea. Yeah, nothing
1: else. There's nothing. If you're no. walking on it, you're only going to end up in the water. Yes, or back on the beach. Yeah. So he's frog marching him out with this little this little pussy pistol with a little silencer on it, and he's having a great time. He's firing it in the air. He says, what did you do that for? And he, and he says something like, exuberance. Like, what the fuck is this? What is going on? <laughs> so anyway, they're marching out to the end of this rocky pier and you think, well, he's just going to put him on the end and shoot him, isn't he?
0: That's what we thought would happen, yeah.
1: Well, then they're in the desert.
0: Where the fuck did this desert come from? <laughs> they're in they're the walking desert. out, They really are walking out into the sea. Into the sea. Then they're in the desert. They're on some sand going up a dune. How long have they been walking
1: for? Is this really happening? <clears throat> it must be happening. Oh, yeah. Because the next shot is there, it's night time and they're on the sandy beach. Yeah. Somebody has made a fire.
0: A little fire going, yeah.
1: So, ha- right, I've made a fire on a beach. Mm. I couldn't hold a gun on someone while I was doing that. No. And Ryan O'Neill looks like a handy dude. Mm. I mean, we know he's an ex-con. He went yeah. to jail. yeah. He has sex with other people's wives. He's a handy lad. He's not going to sit there while I make a fire and yeah.
0: try and point yeah. a gun. At. Hold my gun while I make a fire. Still this, mate. I've got to get this kindling going.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening. It's not happening. So they've got a fire and they're having a little chit-chat. And then we have Flashback City. Mm. Because this was present day. And then we go back in time again. Now, I've written here, right, okay, so deep six the heads and as they're sitting around the fire, the guy, the posh guy, the drug dealer guy says, did she ever give you a rim job?
0: What?
1: Now, (laughs) again, Norman Mailer, why do you need to put that into the film?
0: Why would this character want to know that the other character... Gave her a rim job.
1: I, I wanted to know at this point because there's a lack of rim jobs in the film.
0: But <laughs> there's a lack of rim jobs in a lot of films, mate. Full stop. No, Jurassic, Jurassic fa- Park. To be nothing. fair, nothing. Bambi. You know, nothing. No. Well, no for Wall
1: job. Street. Partial. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. <laughs> so he says, did she ever give you a rim job? Um, and then we've got this uh, this flashback to how, um. So earlier on in the podcast, we discussed that the um, the gay husband of the porn star you might need to wind this back um, <laughs> ended up dead in the boot of his car. Mm-hmm. So we see how he ended up dead in the boot of his car. It's because his porn star misses shot him and shoved him in. Mm. Okay, this this is uh, and we're struggling here. This is hard to give you all this information. Because there's a lot coming at you. Like. Oh,
0: there's so much in this film. And again, we've got to apologise because it, it's confusing watching it, never mind listening to two people trying to explain what happens in it. I
1: mean, we're not drunk. We, 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 we've had a beer just to relax, but we, we've studied this film. And we you know guys.
0: film. You know, I think it's established that, you know, we're, we are cinephiles. We know film. We've watched fucking yeah? so many films. Tenet is piss
1: compared to this. <laughs> Tenet is like a ladybird book yeah. compared to this. Yeah. So again, Christopher Nolan, you know, shout him out every episode. Maybe, well, actually, yeah. So, yeah,
0: I was waiting for the Christopher Nolan reference to be fair.
1: If Christopher Nolan directed this, it would have made sense.
0: Yeah.
1: Right, so I've got here now. So she's got, she's shot her gay husband, he's in the boot. She's rang up Wingshauser, who's a fancy man, and said, oh, I've shot him, come and get me. So he's come to get her and then he's got her in his car and the other blonde in mm. his car. And forgive me, I can't remember why he's got them both in his car. No. But they're they're gonna have some menage a trois and run off with the money. Um so they go there and um out to the woods and mm-hmm. then Wings um he's got two he's got two blonde birds with him. And yeah. like I've been in a situation where I've been in a car with two women fighting over me. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. <laughs> Nobody's ever.
0: Did you Did you have a machete in the car with you? And no, though?
1: no, nobody had a rim job. But <laughs> <laughs> one of the women didn't kill the other. But that's what happens in Norman Mailer's "Tough Guys Don't Dance." So we've got one dead blonde. So the obvious thing to do is chop her fucking head off mm-hmm. and bury it in a hole in the woods, which just so happened to be oh. where Ryan O'Neill stashed his weed. Although at no point in the film do we see him being a drug dealer or does anybody else talk about him being a drug dealer. No. And the odds of them hiding this head in the hole where his drugs are, again, piss poor writing. Yeah. This man won an award for his writing. Fuck that. It's (laughs) shit, Norman Mailer. So, Wing's got both blondes, he's decapitated one and he's buried the head. So... Then I've written here, drug deal with decapitated woman in a tank. So, <clears throat> so our posh, blonde drug dealer guy now has gone to see Anthony Kiedis and his friend, um, who we saw having the action scene earlier, mm-hmm. and um, he's doing a massive drug deal with them. And he says, how are we going to get the drug deals done? And one of them says, wait there and watch this. And he goes over to a, like an oil drum and hooks a hook to something and then, hoists it out of the tank, and it's a decapitated woman's body covered in white paint. Mm-hmm. So what was that?
0: I have no idea. No so idea. Was the
1: white paint the liquefied versions of the drugs? Whose body was it? The woman in the one of the women, the blonde woman.
0: You'd assume was so. It? You think Nobody so, Nobody so, yeah. says, is it? No, there's so much that's not said and, and it's left to you to you know, to think, is it that happening? Is it that person? Is it, it not? It's
1: out there. So I, I'm going to say it now. At this point, I feel like somebody's just borrowed me the first series of Twin Peaks. I've put it on three quarters of the way through and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and Twin Peaks was tough, right? But I'm a Lynch fan. This is David Lynch with no context <laughs> because we've got rednecks, with decapitated bodies, we've got rim jobs. It's a mess and yep. a nightmare, yep. but not in a good way. Yep. So we've got decapitated drug, we've got drug dealers, and I've written here, at this point, this film is nonsense.
0: Oh, mate, we, we really did get to the point in this last 47 minutes where we were looking at each other and going, well, actually, let me reach across for the button. We were looking at each other and going, Hey yo, what the fuck? Wait, wait. What's happening? What is going on? We don't know. But, but there's no way we were checking out. Mm. Because I was dying to see well, That's what the thing happened. with this. Even though you sat there going. Riveting? This is fucking nonsense. It's also what happens next. Well, I want to I want to know what happens next. It was
1: really odd yeah. because like I, I don't mind a film like
0: this where it's like
1: twisty-turny plot. That sort of who done it. Yeah, yeah. But I think because of the levels of bullshit in this, I was so intrigued as well, how far are they going to go with mm. it? Do you know what I mean? And
0: they took it further. Oh, oh did they oh. take it further? <laughs> We're nowhere near how far they took it yet. Yeah.
1: So I've written here now, we've got a scene of lots of exposition. Yeah. So it's another flashback scene to one of the blonde women telling her post-drug dealer husband how, how it's going to go. This scene lasts forever. Too long. She is waffling on, and honest to God, my head was like a fucking funfair mm. at this point because I didn't know what to concentrate mm-hmm. on. I was looking at my shoes, I was looking <laughs> at the roof because she's just waffling on. It didn't make any mm. sense. But again, it's a means to an end yeah. because um, we go back to the beach. So basically, it's the the, the guy's got Ryan O'Neill still at the beach at gunpoint, yeah, and he's telling him all this shit retrospectively. This is how we got here. And then he asks her, he asks Ryan O'Neill, sorry, um, do you do you fancy me? Basically. Mm. Do you like me? Yeah. Ryan O'Neill sort of plays to him a bit and goes, Yeah, yeah, I do like you. he says, Um, would would you take my pride and joy in your mouth? <laughs> I thought, where the fuck are we going? How's you gonna suck him off? But again, from what we've seen already, if he if he started noshing him at the beach at gunpoint, <laughs> We wouldn't have been shocked, surprised. It would have been a normal thing to happen in the film. So that was a line Sorry. that came out with. Noshing at
0: gunpoint. <laughs> Noshing
1: at gunpoint. Uh, pr- my pride and joy. I've never called my cock that. <laughs> I, say, I say got my throbbing beast or something. <laughs> um, now, I'll be honest, Dave. At, at that point on the notes, the next note I've got jumps to a very special
0: Wingshauser scene. Well, I've got a little beef bit before if I'm remembering right from what you're gonna say Hot from it. Is, is the is the special. Because before that, um there is another Wingshauser scene that's not quite as special as the bit that I think you're gonna to go to. No. Um because because his character does say it's a rare day I don't bang to women. Right? <laughs> What a ledge. Just take that in for a second. It's a rare day he doesn't bang two women. He fucks two women a day. So let's say... He's married, by the way. Yeah, six out of seven days of the week, he bangs two women. Not his wife. Not his his wife. He never says,
1: I fuck my wife and someone
0: else. And also, (laughs) he doesn't sleep too well if he doesn't do that.
1: I'm sorry, mate. He ain't got two fucks in a day. <laughs> he was married to Isabella Rossellini proudly yep. throughout the entire movie. He's got a couple of blondes on the go, which he's not with all the time because mm-hmm. they're with their husbands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. who's he banging? He's yeah. all fucking talk. He picks he's, him up.
0: chatting shit, he mate. He threatens them with his machete. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to bang me or I'm going to cut your fucking head He up. did one tour of duty. He thinks he's
1: fucking Charlie Sheen in Platoon. <laughs> I swear to God. He... Then he's given it the big one at this point, yeah. is not he? So we've come, the story's come back round. Now, so we were on the beach. So just to take it back to that beach scene. So Ryan O'Neill's on the beach and the guy says, oh, I really like you, you're my friend, blah, blah, and kills himself, shoots mm. himself in the heart. Yeah. And he's gone. So then it all comes back around that Wings House has been the big bad guy all along. He's been chopping off heads left, right and centre. So we've got to stop Wings. So we have that scene where he, he confronts Wings hmm. Well, he comes home and Wings is sitting there with his dad with Lawrence Tyranny. Yeah. And he's drinking.
0: Yeah. And his shirt's open, so you know he's had a couple yeah. of drinks. It's another, point. it's another, surely this film was sponsored by Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey. Because how many, how many scenes are there with like multiple bottles? Empty bottles. Of Wild Turkey in it.
1: It's in the shot yeah. everywhere. Product yeah. placement, hell. Yeah. But for the greatest drink on earth, can I say? It's my favourite drink. And I was so happy to see people neck this Aeon in this film. It's great. It's mm. not Aeon, it's Bourbon, but you know. Um so he, he's sitting there with Lawrence Tyranny and he's he's basically saying, ha, 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 it was me all along, mm-hmm. sort of thing. And then um Isabella Ross really <laughs> Isabella. Thank you. She turns up. And um what do they say at that point? What causes him? To have, can I just say it?
0: Yeah, go on. A fucking stroke. I can't remember what caused him to have the stroke, but then he collapses and, you know, he holds his chest and falls to the floor.
1: You think he's having like a like a panic attack or yeah, a heart yeah, attack? Yeah. Or, you know, because they, they say, basically, we know you've been the bastard all along. We know this was on you. And then Isabella Rossellini turns up, which is his wife. And I think that moment causes him to like, yeah like capitulate. And then as we then find out, have a massive stroke, yeah. and then there's,
0: there's yet another jump cut. Hospital, hospital, post stroke.
1: Well, he's not. Is he in hospital or is he in their house still? Oh, actually, no. I think he's in the house. Oh, isn't he's in he? bed.
0: Oh, okay. So he's, he,
1: at, he's had the stroke. Yeah. How do we, we know
0: he's had a stroke? How, yes, Ramrod. How do we know that his character has had a stroke? Right.
1: I'll say this now. Right. For any any UK. Listeners, uh, whoever watched Neighbours, the the long-running Australian TV show, there was a character in that called Helen Daniels who had a stroke famously, and it was one of the worst pieces of acting you've ever seen because all she did was crisscross her mouth <laughs> and talk like this, right? Wings, was blows her fucking away. <laughs> oh, my God. How, what do you look like when you've had a stroke, Wings? I don't know, maybe drop my mouth to the side and that's it. <laughs> and talk like this. And then... So we, we've done a hard cut now to Wingshauser post-stroke, lying in a bed. He's awake. He's looking at Isabella Rossellini. And he, he, the first thing... Oh, fuck what, me.
0: What is, what's the first thing that he says to her?
1: He looks up at her and said, I'll try and do this in my best stroke voice. I made you come 16 times in one night. I mean, like the the air left the room, didn't it, when he said that? Had, Why would he say that? This
0: was another one where we had to rewind. Did he really say, "I made you come sixteen times in one night"? That's the first thing he says to oh, her. Fucking looking into stroke. her eyes. Yeah,
1: and and, and, you, and you, the, the one woman standing in front of you, he's like, "I made you come loads, didn't I? You know, he's he's that fucking yeah. masculine at that point. He needs sixteen to- times in one night, though, yeah. and she says, <laughs> "But I didn't enjoy any of them." like you lying
0: bitch mate surely one out of 16
1: one out of 16's got to have felt good <laughs> if i had 16 orgasms night i'd be dead <laughs> i'd have had a fucking heart attack
0: you'd have had another stroke mate
1: no nobody'd have a stroke like wings as a
0: stroke exactly because
1: yeah. he puts his lips down there and stuff like <laughs> oh, she said i didn't enjoy any of them um and then I've written, never go full stroke.
0: Never, <laughs> ever. If this is anything to go by, just don't do it.
1: At that point, Norma Mailer must have gone, that's the best stroke I've ever seen. Oh, my God, yeah. It's the best I've ever seen. Magnificent. Cut and print. Print. <laughs> that's a wrap. <laughs> Wings, I was, just, he's like, Oscar. He's looking at him, winking, going, Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Oscar, mate. Yeah. And he's like, really? He's like, Nah. Nah. I'm on cocaine. <laughs> Norman Mailer, how much coke did you do? <laughs> so then Wings has had a fucking stroke. Mm-hmm. And we are a gunshot. Yeah. So we assume, I'd have said Isabella Rossellini shot him at that point. Yeah, for yeah, everything yeah. he's put her through. So we've got Lawrence Tierney and Ryan O'Neill outside of the room and Isabella Rossellini in the room with Wings. So we have one gunshot. You think she's ending. Yeah, it. yeah. And rightly so. Yeah. So you think that's that. Then we do another cut. I'm on the boat in Silent Hill again, (laughs) and we've got Lawrence on the boat with Ryan, Mm -hmm. and they're tossing. It's like you know one of those end of movie buddy movies, yeah. They're like, oh, they're just chit chatting while they fucking do something. But what they're actually doing in this scene is tossing dead bodies Hmm. into the lake.
0: Bodies in body bags.
1: Who are they?
0: How many bodies? they throw
1: in right. to the water? So I'm, I'm literally looking at my notes here and I've written, then three bodies get thrown into the sea and then I've crossed it out and I've gone four, crossed it out, five, crossed it out, six. Six bodies get thrown into the sea at, towards the end of this movie. Yeah. Now, the last person we assume was killed was Wings Hauser yeah. and the only body they had access to. To dispose of or needed to dispose hmm. of. Yeah. Who are the other five? What? I have no idea. Hmm? Anybody? No no Anything.
0: Also, while they're doing it, why is the Land of Hope and Glory playing? <laughs> <laughs> what is that playing? What they doing? Oh, what subtle music to play while they're dumping, <sighs> bod- while they're deep sixing bodies. Deep sixing. With Lawrence Tyranny.
1: That's like River Monsters or something like that, isn't it? Rust Repairers. Deep Six with Lawrence Tyranny. <laughs> I'm going to throw some shit in the water. Oh. Next week on Deep Six with Lawrence Tyranny. <laughs> Fucking hell. So then we've got Ryan, O'Neill, Tim, and he's back together with Isabella Rossellini's character who was the wife he loved all along. And they've got the drug dealers, Two Million, which appeared at, 70 minutes into this movie we didn't know nothing about and she's bought a big lovely white picket fence mansion Mm -hmm. she spent all the money on one thing dumb bitch (laughs) he hasn't got a job Yeah, they've just bought a two million pound house and then they go into the house Mm. and he shuts the front door on the camera and that's the end oh my word of Tough guys do not dance. Never. Please can I have a drink of me pop. Yes, you can. Thank you. It's not pop, it's
0: alcohol. So while you take a little drink of that. It's like That was um Yes, that like we said before, that was something the very different to the first four films that we watched. Like tonally, definitely. Um Well, in all sorts of ways. You know, we've watched I think I'm, it's it's fair. Insane. The first four films were sort of like dumb action films. Yeah, that we watched. You the, knew there was going to be bullshit. Bon yeah, this was total opposite. A deep six level of bullshit.
1: Bon <laughs> was and and I applaud um, my mate Phil for recommending this because it's another one of those films I would never have watched. I would never have even heard of. though
0: we're big Wings yeah. fans that this never crossed you. Us at all during the time, you know, we'd we'd watch films together at night. You know, we'd do the the infamous triple bill where well, the third oh. film of the night we'd never remember because we were too pissed to remember. Oh it. yeah. But you know, very often there'd be a Wings Houser film within that triple bill. This was never
1: one of them. Never one of them. I've never heard of
0: it. And the and cast as well. Great cast some? produced yeah.
1: by Coppola. You know, this come out at a time where most of these stars were probably, you know, at their peak, Mm. you know, especially Ryan O'Neill, he was a big star in the 70s, early 80s, Wings Houser, big 80s star. Imagine going out to the video shop and renting this one night, sitting there with your mum and your dad, your fucking dog, and you watch Tough Guys Don't Dance. Yeah,
0: you think, oh, you know what, we'll watch watch Big with Tom Hanks as the first film, and then, you know, we'll put, Put this on. This is the second film of the night. I it's mean, like get a couple of beers
1: in and then watch Tough Guys Don't Dance. Do. It's an yeah. eighteen. Yeah, it's an eighteen. This one can't let the kids watch. No, it. kids have gone to bed.
0: They've well, enjoyed big.
1: Dad, can I stay up and watch Tough Guys no, Don't no, Dance? No, no, no. Oh please, oh please, can I stay up? and watch it? All right, then, all, all right.
0: right. And then you know, hundred and forty. Well, no, hour forty-seven later. Dad, is, is is that what happens when you have a stroke? Dad, <laughs>
1: why has that man's face gone funny? Who chopped whose head off, Dad? Yeah. Dad's like, get to bed.
0: What's a rim job, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> so for you, we just
1: went through Tough Guys Don't Dance.
0: Oh, and again, if you've got this far, thank you.
1: This must have, I, I can't wait to listen back to this because it must be fucking hard work.
0: This is, imagine if you were listening back to this and like 20 minutes into it, you go, fuck this. And you fuck turn this it off. is
1: shit. <laughs> this sounds like some Norman Mailer shit. <laughs> <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> but honestly, honestly, I urge you, urge you to watch this film. Yeah, it's it's a it's a masterpiece of shit. If you think of films like The Room, um, a, a anything in that ilk, yeah, it, it's it's up there. It deserves to be seen. It does. Yeah, it's, it, it it's, does. It's absolutely bonkers. Yeah. It's bonkers.
0: Just be prepared to be confused.
1: Yeah, I get a beer. Just have a fucking laugh. Get, get more. You.
0: Get more than one beer. <laughs>
1: Get
0: a, ball, get a ball of Wild Turkey. Oh, mate. That's the, again, that's the one. Wild Turkey. The shots game.
1: Thing is, mate, at the end of it all, we've got to now do our little game.
0: Well, this this is the whole point of this podcast, isn't it? You know, it's... Uh, is it? It's game I've 5 lost now. It's game it's, five it's and game after f- this. It's game five. The trophy is there in front of us as we're lucky at it. Fuck me, mate. Where is it, gonna go? is Let's it going to go? let go. Is it going to go back to Chateau Ramrod? Or is it going to stay here at 60MW Towers? Let's find out as we go to our predictions. I'm excited. So, the first one, next to die. So, I'll say what happens and then we'll go through our predictions. So, the next to die was, unfortunately, the dog.
1: (sighs) El Doggo. Fucking bastards.
0: I said next to die would be nobody. So, that was, of course, a... (coughs) What did you say? I said Anthony Giedis. So and he deserved to die. He, he did deserve to die more than the dog deserved to die. I thought he was going to sure. kill him with a crowbar. I thought, oh my he, he God, should he, have just, done. he should have he's done. He's going to get it. But, but yeah, that was also. <coughs> Nilpwa. Nilpwa nil each. Next one, naked flesh. So we did have topless female. We did have it couple more titties in it, mate. And didn't see them coming. We didn't. We didn't. And I said, there'd be no more naked flesh. So that was... And I said, Ryan O'Neill might get his titties out. And he didn't. So... We did say this was going to be a low-scoring episode, didn't we? Fuck
1: me. (laughs) Couldn't even get the titties.
0: So... Action scene, and again, I thought, "Oh, is like no action scene." There hasn't been any in the first hour. There's been be no action. No um, unfortunately for me, there was a fist fight. So for me, that was.
1: <laughs> but I said there was gonna be a fist fight,
0: and I just said there was. So for and you, there
1: was.
2: Three <laughs>
0: points to Ramrod. Rimmy. <laughs> Imagine if that was <laughs> if that was a thing for the end of the show. You whoever, have to whoever scores the most points, is not take a trophy home; it's a rimming. Yeah, I'm just gonna get a wet wipe. <laughs> so, the last line spoken by, surprisingly enough, it was spoken by Isabella Rossellini, mm-hmm. her character. Um, unfortunately, I said Tim. It was Ryan O'Neill, so that gives me a big fat.
1: Yeah, and I just said the last line was going to be, tough guys don't dance. Uh, by, I don't know, give up the dog.
0: It was still. Yeah. Right. Fuck all. End music. We were both so confident about this, mate, because all the way through it, the beginning, and all the way through it, was all this beautiful orchestral music, so of course we picked that for the end. Um it was an 80s synth pop song.
1: Yeah. I'm totally out of context
0: with everything. What? That was, like, really out of the blue. Shit. So for both of us, it's another... Oh, my God. Fucking awful. Yeah. Wild card. I said, Ryan's character is going to say no when offered a drink. He fucking downed every drink it was given of course to he him. Did, didn't said. He said. And then he went, give me another. So for me... What was yours?
1: Well, I said my wild card was Wings, Houses, Characters, a Satanist. Oh. I still think he was. He, he
0: could have been. He could have been. But, but if he,
1: he had the stroke and then it fucked yeah, it all up. So. Yeah. Nothing for me.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> the this is the most, this this button has been pressed, mate. Uh, Hail Mary.
1: Press it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Everybody>, Hail Mary! <laughs> can never have enough of Chris Paris. I love that. Uh Mine was Wings and Ryan's characters shag on the beach. Now, this was a little bit close. <sighs> not enough close to get a bonus no. point, to be fair. No. Um There wasn't going to be no sex between them. There, w- there was not, so really...
1: <coughs> I was calling out Wings, the Satanist, was going to have sex with one of them severed heads. Oh... I was so let down because it did happen.
0: What a waste of severed heads. I'd
1: at least fucked one of them. <laughs>
0: so, Two good-looking girls. So that was... Oh, my God. My thumb's aching from pressing that button. So, believe it or not, mate. Woohoo! <laughs> believe it or not. Um, that totals, and it doesn't take a lot to total this. What's the points there, bruv? Uh, it is me, zero, you, three. <laughs>
1: Please no. No. Yes. No.
0: The comeback
1: is on. I tell you what mate.
0: Is the, is this? So that's like, you know, this is game 5. I went 3 nil up. 3-2? You've like 3-2. Is this the big come from behind?
1: I'm going to come so hard now for you. <laughs> I'm just leaving it there.
0: Did you just leaving. I mean, you have got previous of coming from behind to be fair. You,
1: Dave, you got to do what you've got to do. I was three down, three nil, and that's when I summon up the ghost, the ghost of Denzel Washington in training day, oh. to tell you how it is.
0: So points-wise, as we hit the halfway mo- moik, moik? Halfway moik? Moik, where the fuck did that come the halfway from? halfway moik, mate. Halfway point in the season, it is May 39, you 27. <sighs> Bring getting it getting close bring it so of course that means because you won not only are you going to take the trophy back to chateau ramrod i've got it in my hand right now he's holding it right now he's fucking smiling like a right cheesy mm-hmm. twat <sighs> 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 that means if you kiss again as we stated at the beginning of the podcast please follow him on instagram the link will be on our meet the team section of our website whenever he watches a film since he won this last time (laughs) oh yeah he takes a picture of the film leaning up against the trophy shitosery they call it that is proper (laughs) shitosery so you can see that so uh, yeah I've now got to press that fucker here we go I run shit here you just live here (laughs) yeah that's right you better walk away Go and walk away because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. King Kong ain't got Shut shit on, on me. me. Oh. Yeah. You're in the office.
1: Ding, 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 mate, ding, ding.
0: I thought, right, so I I lost the last one because I was on Vimto. So this one, right, I can, I can have a drink again. Yeah. I thought that would be the magic thing that's going on. So I fucked I, you, mate. That's no, not, can't do it. <sighs>
1: I, I, I like. I don't want to bat you down on this one because this was like, I, we were holding hands throughout this fucking war here. Oh, yeah. You know, he had the gun, I had the bullets on this one and we were fighting together because this was a tough, oh, yeah, yeah, tough, yeah. tough episode yeah. to record. So I hope it's been entertaining. I hope it hasn't been too confusing. The film is definitely worth a watch. It's really up there with the sort of shit we've been peddling to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it might not have the gun fights, it might not have the Kung Fu, but it's got that, that bullshit Mm -hmm. (laughs) we love to watch. You know, um, Norman Mayo has fascinated me now. I'm going to become an expert on him. What the fuck was he doing?
0: Would you read the book?
1: No, no. (laughs) I haven't got that sort of time. I wouldn't read it, but if there's any interviews with him, if there's any reviews of this, and I mean from the time it came out, you know, that would be fascinating. It would be. Um, I, I'm going to get straight to it because I need to see mm. what the fuck we just went through. Yeah. Other people have been through that. This come out in cinemas.
0: That's crazy.
1: Francis Ford Coppola produced it. This would have had cinema release. <laughs> it's
0: bonkers. What
1: was the premiere for this like? Oh I mean my a, God. Half of Hollywood was there. 1987. Fucking hell, you'd have had everybody there. coke everywhere. Cocaine, Scorsese was there. Oh. Everybody was having a fucking great time. Yeah. Stallone was there. <laughs> The Schwarzenegger come down. Norman Mailer is my (laughs) favourite. Not anymore. No. Norm. No. I do believe this is probably the one and only film he ever made.
0: I think it could have been.
1: And if you wrote a book after this, then shame on him. Oh, my God. Because he's a gay-hating bastard. Mm -hmm. Let's get that out there. And we love gay people, so. Yeah. On that note.
0: (laughs) On that note, I shall cough.
1: Uh, Yeah. Pack it up, Dave. So I'm taking the trophy home until the next episode, which will be episode six for us. We're
0: into, yeah, for us, we're into like the second half of the season. Squeaky bum time, as they say. Oh, it is now.
1: So you need to pull it back like a tight foreskin next time. (laughs) Good luck.
0: Well, let's see what happens the next time we record. Um, Yeah, until then, usual shit. Yeah. 60mw.co.uk, numerical 16, not alphabetical. That is our website. That's the hub of everything that we do. Please visit there. All the news, reviews, interviews. Like I said before, if you go to the Meet the Team page, you can follow us on you know Letterboxd, on our gaming things, on our Instagram, all the social media stuff, if you want to follow any member of the team. Um, Yeah, you'll follow Ramrod on Instagram, and you will see more pictures of the fucking trophy. There's going to be a few. Films that he's going to watch.
1: I'll take one tonight just for you. (sighs) Plenty. Me, Wingshauser, a Stroke, and a trophy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> go watch
1: that film, Tough
0: Guys Don't Dance. Yeah. Get that fucker. There we go. Watch watch all five of the films that we've covered in this series of shows already. Um because we do recommend them. Don't ha- we? Heartily. Yeah.
1: heartily. Yeah.
0: Heartily. What on earth will be What's next? What will be
1: number six? If you know anything that's fucked up and stupid and you think we might not have seen it, fucking send it yeah, to Yeah, please. Yeah, tweet us. Sorry. Feed us. X us. Oh, fuck off, Elon Musk. <clears throat> Just put it back to Twitter, mate.
0: Yeah. Email us then. That'd be better. Yeah.
1: Give us your <laughs> feedback. And yeah. if you enjoy these episodes, let us know. If you hate them, let us know. We don't give a fuck. We're yeah. enjoying ourselves.
0: Yeah. Having <laughs> been a good time. So, yeah, please give some uh, feedback, be it email or... Um, any voicemail remember remember way back when when Chris sent us that voicemail that oh was nice. Chris oh. send us another one go on we miss you Chris
1: give us <laughs> top five rim jobs in films
0: top five rim
1: jobs that's hard work mate there pretty, aren't many that's pretty difficult I can't think of one film I've seen a rim job in
0: not mainstream
1: not that it's like an obvious like I'm going to do a rim job like you see a man go down on a woman mm. You know, like in basic instinct clearly yeah. yeah but when have you ever seen like a fallen
0: rim in <laughs> In a film,
1: it's just never dealt with, is it? It's, it's
0: not. <laughs> anyway, that that forgotten part of movies, the rim job, <laughs> right? Homework. <laughs> with that, I think it's nap time to press this. So uh, we shall say goodbye. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Goodbye.
1: Right, fucking cold up on me, I asked Yeah, I
0: forgot to put the heating on It's in fucking cold. Colder than a
1: witch's titty.
0: <laughs> That's pretty fucking cold. Can you imagine? What, sucking on a witch's titty? I never
1: said sucking anything.
0: <laughs> you started with I witch's I said it's titties. colder than a witch's titty. You went,
1: sucking on a witch's titty. You could,
0: you could have said colder than an ice cube, but now your obsession with witch's titties.
1: Imagine like a hot, really hot witch because they never wore clothes. <laughs> And you would be like, "Oh, all right, I'll come to your little mm. shack in the middle of the woods." Yeah. And then the next thing, it's like Schwarzenegger in Conan. You have to <laughs> throw her on the fire because she was a witch, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. he? You was shagging her by, the, and he was like, "Fuck this, get on the fire." <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> it's my favorite bit in Conan when he throws a fucking woman on a fire. Not like I condone well, yeah, throwing you know. women on fire. <laughs>
0: Always oh, your favourite bit of a film: woman being thrown, into a in the fire. fucking
1: fire. She's witch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tits and witches. Yeah, yeah. That's a great band name. Tits and witches.
1: You wouldn't a lot of fucking
0: albums. Great cover art, though.
1: Imagine going into HMV. Have you got the new album? Um, Fly away on my broomstick. Who's it by? Tits and witches. Tits and witches. Who? Tits and witches. Oh. Tits and witches. <laughs> Tits and
0: witches a T-shirt,
1: the T-shirts. Oh, oh, the T-shirts would be long sleeve. Just a pair. Of t- it'd be like Paul Gascoigne running around with a pair of tits. <laughs> just a pair of tits on the front and on the back just says witches. <laughs> oh, <that's> fucking classic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's get them printed. Sit down. Let's copyright <laughs> copyright that shit. Tits right and now. witches. If
1: anybody tries to take off tits and witches, that's it. Yeah, it's our our idea. It's ours. Fuck you. Go on, Dave. Right, let's do it.